0: This is the Fathering Project podcast, Figuring It Out Together, where we tackle many challenges facing dads and father figures and explore fathering across all ages, from newborns to toddlers, school age, and teenagers. We speak with experts in their fields to help you navigate solutions and positive outcomes for each stage of your fathering journey. Let's figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Fathering Project podcast. Katie Gapayar here and tonight we are thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Karen Young as she helps us to understand the importance of relationship, how to strengthen connection and influence our tweens and teens, if that's possible. Karen is a neurodevelopment educator, author, speaker and consultant specialising in child and adolescent anxiety She began her career as a psychologist in private practice and has worked extensively with children, teens, and families, and in educational government body and organization settings. She's the author of three books, including the best-selling Hey Warrior and Hey Awesome, which creatively assist children to understand and manage anxiety. She's also the founder of Hey Sigmund, an internationally popular online resource which provides contemporary research-driven information on the art of being human and being with humans. Karen, welcome and thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Wonderful. Um, Now
0: before we get started, um, it's traditional to ask what you're cooking for dinner tonight. Are you cooking tonight and what is it going to be?
1: (laughs) Friday's a takeaway, The thing about our house is um, I've got adult kids, so we never know how many are going to be here for dinner, usually until just before dinner. So that's a conversation that we have, but generally it's takeaway, which gets everybody
0: home in some way, which is nice. Fantastic. That's lovely. Yeah, I think we do um, pizza takeaway often on a Friday night. and That's what we're having Mm. tonight too. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Now, uh, we have a lot of um, parents and fathers listening in who have teenagers and tween ages. So um, let's get on and ask you some questions, Mm. because we'd love to know how to how to manage these relationships. So raising tweens and teens can be some of the most joyous and rewarding, but also difficult times of parenting. It can often feel so hard to stay connected when they're so preoccupied with their own life and friendships. How important is it that dads stay connected with their teens even when they feel like they're being
1: pushed away? Mm. Look, it's critical. It's really important. Kids need to that attachment with their important adults. They will, They a lot of kids at this age will act as though they don't want us close. They do. I've never met an adolescent that doesn't want to be close to their important adults. They'll have different, they won't always want it on our terms. So it'll be more on their terms and when they're ready and they'll float in and out of that on different days or weeks or months. And that's just the way it is. Um, What they don't want is to be controlled by them, but it's really important that we stay involved and stay connected, let it be more on their terms. We need to make sure we have that attachment relationship with them um, and what that attachment relationship does, that connection. When kids feel connected to an adult, what they do is they grant that adult the authority to lead and guide and teach them into things Now, if adolescents don't have that attachment with at least one of their important adults, what they're going to do is they're going to grant that authority to lead, guide and teach more to their peers. And that's what we see, peers leading peers. So what we want to do, of course, we want them to feel attached and close to their peers. We want them to be influenced by them. But at the top of the tree, we want an adult there. So it's really important and it's hard. it's hard to read them because they'll say, I don't want you, go away, you're controlling me, you're trying to get involved and manage my life, but we still need to keep um, a, a connection with them as much as we can and make ourselves really available for them as much as we can.
0: And I love the way you said um, we should take our cues from them to get um, mm. to understand how we can stay connected. That's wonderful. What are some strategies to ensure that our teens know we're there for them without being in their face all the time?
1: Yeah. So one of the things about this, I say this really parenting adolescence, it starts when they're really young, and what we're doing from the earliest days is building that pathway to us, so they know that they can come to us with anything and that we can handle anything they throw at us. There is no information. There is nothing they can do that we can't handle. We might not like it all, but we can't handle it. So what we have to do is from really early, um, be engaged with them, be interested in them. Even the things that we've heard, the stories that we've heard a thousand times over, we still need to stay engaged, be interested, ask them about their world. The problem with not starting that from when they're young is by the time they get to adolescence if we're trying to build it from then we're we're building that from a cold start and it's going to be more difficult we also want to make sure that we start with the small conversations which might seem insignificant so it's um, just asking about their day they might they might give a one word grant back that's okay we're still showing them that we're available we notice the things they do. We actually meet them in their joy, so we play with them, we laugh with them. Parenting has to not just be about responding in the big times, because we build trust in us by the way we respond when things are going well as well. So it's starting. It's having those conversations. It's also modelling talking about feelings. So we need to talk about how we feel in a way, in a from a position of strength. So not relying on them or depending on them, but but um, sharing. The sharing with them. We also have to start from as early as we can asking for their opinions and how they feel about things and asking for some input into the dishes decisions that affect them. Now that doesn't mean we're always going to be led by their decisions. It doesn't mean because we still have to um, have that position of leadership, but we want to show them really early that we're that we're there to listen we'll listen to everything they they um they have they have to say so start with the little conversations show interest meet them in their joy um and um and 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 be available and and we build from the ground up Karen,
0: you were just mentioning there that um, we should connect with them and um, listen to them and ask their opinions but not necessarily be led by them. How do we manage that? So when you say to your child, you know, what would you like to do and then you actually don't do that, you do something else, you choose to, Mm. you know, not be led by what they say but you ask their opinion, does Mm. that create issues?
1: What we need to do, first of all, is make it really clear to them that we understand what they're saying. So if there's something that they need, there's, a, or if there's something they want to do, there's going to be an important need behind that. So rather than just responding to the surface of what they're saying, well, I'm not going to let you go to the party, or I'm not going to let you do this. We look behind it and say, I know it's really important for you to go to this party. I know you don't want to feel like you're doing something separate to your friends. And then what we do is we add in what we need. So if we're saying no to something or if we're, um, if we're um, vetoing something that they want to do, we'll have a really good reason for that. So we put that out there to them. Here's the thing, you know I, want, I, 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 I know, I can hear how important it is for you to go to the party, have the day with your mates. I get that. Here's my concern. I completely trust you and I need to know that you're going to be safe. So how can we manage this so that you can get what you need and I know that you're going to be safe? And with adolescence, part of the brain um, that connects the left and right hemispheres is really developing. So they can often be really good with that complex thinking and problem solving. And they can come up with ideas that we haven't um, considered yet. So make them part of the plan. If it ends ends up where we go, you know, I still don't feel okay about this. I still feel like there's something that isn't sitting right for me. Um, I want you to know this isn't about me trusting you. This isn't about any of that, but I just need to make this decision. And we wear it. We wear what happens. But in the meantime, we've validated, we've heard them, we've let them know our concerns and invited them to be a part of that um, solution.
0: That's a great advice there. And, um, you know, enter into their world by their invitation. Um, Don't force yourself in, but listen Mm. to what they say, validate what they say, and um, put your feelings out there as well and try and find a compromise and, and a way forward. That's wonderful. Thank you. Now, through the years of working with families and teens, do you think fathers assume too much that their kids automatically know how their dad feels about them? You say Mm. what we tell them affects what they believe. So how important is it to say what needs to be said to our kids and live by these words each day?
1: Mm. I think we can all take for granted sometimes um, a little bit that our kids know how we feel about them because we love them so much and there's a sense of how can you not know how much I love you and how much I'm here for you? Everything in my life is about you. But they won't feel that. So we really need to um, get through on on their language. They still need to know that they're important, that they matter, that their voice matters, that we see them, that we miss them. Even when we're in the same house, I've been really busy, I've missed you lately, I haven't heard about your day. Um, And find out what it is that connects with them. So we might say things, we might say we love them, but then not show interest in their day. We might say we're here for them, but then be too busy to talk about the little, you know, insignificant things, incidental things that happen. So we really need to make sure that our actions match our words. It's not just about what we say. It's also about what we do. There's lots of different ways to to give a message. But I think we need to tell them every day that we love them, that we're here for them. And also that message of, there's you know, there's nothing you can tell me that I can't handle. I want you to know that. I'm not saying that there's anything big going on for you right now, but I just want you to, to know that the way we communicate that. So it's fine to say that, but then if we're getting really um, upset because they um, send a ball through a window and we're screaming at them, um, the message that they're getting is actually you can't handle the big stuff from me so I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to ring you at 12 o'clock at night when the only way I can get home is to get in a car with a with a drunk driver when you've told me not to go to the party and I've broken the rules because I saw how you reacted when I when I dropped the plate or when I sent a ball through the window so of course they need to um, get a sense that they need to be accountable for their actions but we need to really make sure our words and our actions align. So say it and do it. Say it and do it and say it regularly. They, you can't tell them too much how much you care for them and how, how, how much they, I think the mistake we sometimes make is we say it but we don't follow through. But, yeah, just don't assume, um, don't assume that we know. Because, you know, if we reverse it, they, of course, love us. They love us so much and they need us so much. But how many times during the day, during the week, do they go, sometimes I just feel like they don't want me anywhere near them. Sometimes I feel like they'd rather be somewhere else. They would look at us and say, well, how can you think that? How can you think I don't love you? So it works the same. They're no different to us like that.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's um, great to know, looking at it from the other side of the coin. Teens become recluse in terms of not telling us things, but as they get older, they really do start to have a life of their own. And sometimes I feel like we're just in the background. Is it normal for our kids in these teenage years to want their own space before we see them coming back to us later on?
1: Absolutely. It's actually a really important developmental goal. They need to discover who they are without us. And there's a lot that they need to discover they need to discover who how they live what they want to be the space they want to create in the world and 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 this will happen without us we need to be um a guidance in there when they come back but it's really important that they're able to do that along the way they're going to make mistakes but what they need to know is that we are a really solid steady presence um, and a safety net in a way that they can come back to when um, when things don't work out. So we really do need to uh, respect their need for independence and respect that they're going to want to, need to pull away from us if they don't do that. By the time they get to 18, 19, 20, they're not going to be able to um, you know pay their bills and manage their money and, and, and do the things that we need them to do. So that emotional, that sense of them emotionally pulling away, it's all part of it. It doesn't mean they don't need us. They actually need us more than ever, but we just need to make it more on their terms and not take it personally. When they pull away, they're doing what they need to do developmentally to be the adults that they need to be. Um, It's hard and it can feel really brutal. And sometimes the closer they are to us as kids, the harder they'll need to push away to have that sense of, I just need to feel who I am without you for a while. They will come back. They come back. Um, But in the meantime, it can be um, sad and exhausting and confusing, but it's really important we don't take it personally.
0: Fantastic.
1: And um, as
0: you're saying, um, as parents, it does feel difficult to see our teens drift away from us. But we also have to remember that as they get older, they also need to figure out life for themselves. And and we have to trust that they'll come back to us when they need our guidance and support if we have the connection and the relationships there. Mm, mm. Even though teens do start to pull back and want their own space, um, what are some ways fathers and parents can stay connected or reconnect, especially for those who might not be living at home with them?
1: I think texting is a really great way to just um, dip in and dip out so we don't need uh, we need to have consistent as much as we can that consistent um, contact with them but each contact doesn't need to last for a long time so those seconds of receiving a text from you even if they don't respond is us saying to them you're on my mind and I'm with you even when I'm not physically with you, I'm thinking of you. So we talk about how um, you know, texting gets in the way of connection, but we can actually make it work for us. And for adolescents, they don't always want a phone call. They don't always want a conversation. So we can dip in and dip out. Um, that's completely on their terms because they can respond, they cannot respond. And it can just be something like, um, hey, just wondering how your day was today or, hey, can't wait to see you on the weekend. It can just be something like that. Um, it might be sharing a photo of their dog, if their dog or your dog, if their dog lives with you, or sharing a photo of something that they've done or something, um, a meal, groceries from their favourite meal you're preparing on the weekend, something like that, anything. Um i think is um, a really great way we also want to take note of the detail of their lives so if they mention in passing that on the weekend they're going to be seeing this person or they're going to be seeing grandma make sure that we make a mental note and ask them about it um, either when we see them or text them on the day and say hey just wondering how you went today with grandma or with max or with whatever it is um, and and just do it that just do that so listening for the detail of their world and and following it up even if they don't give us anything so what we have to remember we have to not let their behavior change what we do so we do it anyway still respecting their privacy and still respecting that they don't want us in their face but we can um make it really easy for them to um to to keep us where we need to be in the moment Um, and i think texting is a really nice way to do that
0: so be in their life without intruding too much i guess that's what you're saying
1: and it might be sending them a link to a video you see or a meme or something like that just just a way to connect and it can just be once a day um, doing that
0: yeah. And there's a lot of research, as you know, from the fathering project, suggesting that fathers have a unique influence in their children's lives all the way through to adulthood. In what ways do you believe fathers can influence during these teen years?
1: There's, oh, there's so many ways. And, and fathers um, are so, so important um, to all, uh, all the children and teens in their lives there was some really quite recent research that found that fathers, especially with adolescent boys, have a really important role to play in nurturing their empathy, in helping their empathy along. So boys with fathers who tend to um, be more open to their boys talking about their feelings, or fathers who tend to also talk about how they feel about something in a way which invites discussion, so not just that emotional rant I'm talking about, in a way that's easy to hear, um, tend to have uh, tend to what we what they tend to see is boys who um, at that age um, are on their way to building more empathy. So, and it does tend to be something with fathers and sons is what they found. And the research I think was done in, 50, I think it was 15 to 18 year old boys. Um, that role became, was really important. We also want fathers, um, especially for sons, um, they're going to be modeling how to treat people with kindness, respect, compassion. Boys are looking to their dads or the important men in their lives for, who am I gonna be? How am I gonna be in the world? um goals also fathers have a really important role to um, to fill with their girls in terms of if you think about relationships um, with or you know well relationships a father is the first place where girls get their lessons around how do I want to be treated what feels right for me what what doesn't um, the level of respect I deserve, the level of how much I feel valued, how important I am. Um, and it's absolutely the same for for boys as well. The final thing I think I want to say on this is what we don't give kids, they will find somewhere else. So if kids aren't getting from their dads um, and, of course, their mums as well, but as, as many people as they can, that that um, validation, love, warmth, Um with fathers telling them that those that they think they're amazing, that they think they're brave and strong and beautiful, um, and so and all of those things, they go look for that validation somewhere else, um, and that's okay. But we want fathers or their the parents at the top of the tree, um, so fathers have a really important role to play in feeding those really valid needs that we all have as humans, especially adolescents, because they're figuring out. Um, their whole self-concept is getting a workout, and we want to feed it with really um, rich stuff like that can do that. Yeah, we
0: say at the Fathering Project that if um, you don't father your child, um, the internet or their peers will father them. Right. And um, right. of course, you don't know what the internet or their peers will father them with. Right. So it's important to be there and um, do the fathering. Uh, With the teen years come so many changes, Karen, which has a big impact on their emotions, leading to conflicts and arguments as well. Do you have some final tips on how we can best avoid conflict so it doesn't affect our relationship?
1: Mm. The biggest thing I would say is make your intentions clear in a conversation because we think we're being clear. We think when we're asking them um, have they done, have they studied or how much have they studied, we're just asking how much they've studied, what they might hear is, um, we don't trust you, you haven't worked hard enough, we need to check in on you, we need to manage you. Um, When we say things like, well, what time are you going to be home? We think we're just asking what time are you going to be home. What they might hear um, may be, you know, trust me, you're going to be out too long, we need to manage you, I need to micromanage you. And that's because the part of the brain that actually is reading nonverbal expression is the amygdala during adolescence. So during um, adulthood, we use the thinking brain to read nonverbal expression. So we can get more of a sense of the true message, um, the intended message. During adolescence, nonverbals are read by the amygdala, which is actually the part of the brain which is geared to read threat and go into fight or flight. So we need to, so they they are more likely to read threat from our nonverbals if we're not clear. Um, so what we can do is stop on the landing. So with our nonverbals, be really clear. Um, that might be, you know, I know that you're going to be really ready for this exam. Um, did you stay up late studying or were you able to get some sleep? So make our intention clear. I love that you're going out with your friends today. I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, what time do you think you're going to be home? Things like um, I always say the dishwasher. You ask one of them to do the dishwasher and it can be a brawl because it's like you're saying I don't do anything. You're trying to, she never does it, he never does it. Um, and we can soften that landing by saying, um, I love it so much when you help out around the house. Do you reckon you can help me with the dishwasher? So we're making it really clear and we're starting from that. We're starting from a really um, um, positive space with them. It doesn't mean they're always going to read it correctly. And it's exhausting because we go, we're going to have to do this all the time. You don't have to do it all the time because we're human too. But these are just ways and I've done it with my kids. I've got an 18-year-old and a 23-year-old. Um, and some days I can do it and some days I just don't have anything left. So we need to be really clear that we're all human as well, but wherever you can. And if there's a difficult conversation coming up, I think the tricky thing is sometimes there's explosions when you didn't think it was a difficult conversation. You go, where did that come from? Um, by softening it, by making our non-verbals really clear, using that um, tone of voice, which really communicates um, just that warmth and, and interest and love. Um and softening so we make our intention really clear with what we're actually saying.
0: Karen, you've given us some fantastic insights and really helpful advice tonight about tweens and teens. I think we covered a lot of bases around this very important topic and um, you've given us a lot to think about too. Uh, Listeners, I encourage you to visit Karen's website, Hey Sigmund, which is full of many informative resources for children, adolescents, as well as for us adults too. The link is up on the Fathering channel as well as links to her books. You'll find those on our website as well. Karen, once again, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy your takeaway. Hopefully you won't have <laughs> hordes and hordes visiting you tonight.
1: <laughs> no, it's um, we never know. It's been um, really great chatting with you. And, you know, I, I often say one of the things about adolescence is, um, is when they bring other adolescents into the home. So it's a really... Um, It's a really lovely thing, and I think we're really lucky to live in a world where there is takeaway that can accommodate for that pizza, does everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. Well, enjoy your pizza tonight, and we will too. And uh, we look forward to having you on our podcast once again. Thank you so much, Karen.
1: Thanks for having me.